0: Welcome
1: to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church. I'm Judy Schultz and I'm sitting here at the back of the sanctuary by our prayer table. If you're new to our church, please pick up a welcome folder at our connection site. For everyone attending our service today, please fill out our little friendship card. Include your name, contact information, especially if you would like one of our church newsletters. On the back, you can ask for prayer requests share blessings, or leave notes for our staff. Enjoy the service and welcome to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church.
2: Good morning, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad
3: in it. This This is the the day day that the Lord has made. made
4: Let us pray. Holy Lord, we come to you this day exalting your name, and we pray that this time, this worship service unto you will be more than praise, but an encounter. Draw us closer, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your grace and your love as we rejoice in who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We ask that you stand, if you're able, as we sing together, Faith of our Fathers.
3: I love dogs. comes from God, we all shall then be true. To as love knows how, by kindly words and virtuous life, faithful our Father's holy faith, we will be true to Thee till
2: death. The Lord be with you. Please be seated. This morning for our mission moment, we have an offering if you'd like to give an extra gift to help children with their back to school needs. We have people out there in our culture that can't afford the the pencils, the supplies, the various things that I don't really know much about because I haven't gone to school in a long, long time, but that young people need. So if you can help with that, we would appreciate the efforts you can give. Thank you. Good
4: morning. Good morning. We are here to celebrate God in our lives. And so I'd love to hear from you today. What is God doing in your life? What, what are you thankful for? What are you celebrating? Yeah. I'm thankful for my life. 59 years together. 59 years together. Woohoo! Nice. 40 years of friendship. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Love the long term relationships bound in love. Yes. Let's not forget, least, to 80th birthday. Yeah. Uh, birthday. Yeah. Whoo. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyone else want to share this morning? Whoop, yep, Becky. I'm sorry. That's wonderful. So uh, high school graduation or a reunion, wonderful. And, every, and three quarters still around and connected. That's fabulous. Anyone else wanna share? Well, please take this time, take this time to reflect, take this time to really consider the many blessings in your life. God is so good, God is to be praised and take this time as we give back as gratitude offering to God with our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
3: say, I say
4: Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your many blessings. And we pray that your power will come and infuse these gifts, that they may be magnified in the world, sharing your gospel message of love and grace. Peace to others in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Let's pray. Lord, we humbly come to you today, opening up ourselves humbly revealing our vulnerability we feel so small in this world lord as pressures are coming in on us and things in this world that are just so broken we pray that you will take these burdens lord and share your peace and your healing among all of us and among the nations lord we pray for you to come and Fill us up with your presence, with your spirit. We pray for your healing presence to come upon all of us and especially those who are struggling with their physical bodies. Healing, Lord, for people who are struggling with... Cancer and diabetes, and Lord, and so many other things wrong in bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ, we cast out the diseases that are breaking bodies away from the creation you've made them to be. We bind that up, Lord, and we pray for your healing to come upon people in their mind. We pray for people with mental illness, people that are struggling with so many ways, that we pray that you will send your peace upon people's minds that you will give direction and discernment, wisdom and strength. Heal our minds, heal our bodies. Lord, heal our very souls. We offer ourselves up to you, Lord. We pray for protection. We pray a hedge of protection over us as the enemy slings all of these things at us, Lord, that try to tear us down. Give us your strength, give us your power Give us your protection that we may stand firm in our faith, knowing that you are God and you love us no matter what. Lord, we pray for people who are struggling in their relationships. We pray that you will send healing in relationships, any brokenness, broken heart, broken hearts, and broken trust. Lord, we pray that healing will abound. Draw them together in your love. We pray healing upon people with grieving hearts today. We lift them up to you for your comfort and your care. Wrap those who are grieving in your loving arms. Lift them up and carry them. Make yourselves known to make yourself known to them and help us to be there as a supportive community, sharing your love with them. We pray that you'll continue to send your guidance to all of us, your discernment in the way we should live, the direction we should go, that you'll continue to take us by the hand and may we follow, Lord, give us courage, give us your boldness and your strength. We pray that you'll bless this church Send your blessings, Lord, that this church may be a beacon in the darkness, the brokenness of the world, Lord, that this place may be a place of refuge and a place of praise, a place of renewal and a place of strength. Lord, we pray that you will also be upon our nation in the brokenness of our nation, Lord, your power only will heal. We pray power, and healing for the nation and for the world. Lord, your peace in people's hearts, transformed by the love and grace of Jesus Christ. For it's in your name that we pray, amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord.
0: Romans chapter 11, verses one and verses 17 through 24. I ask then, did God reject his people By no means, I am an Israelite, myself a descendant of Abraham, from the tribe of Benjamin. If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in granted but they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith do not be arrogant but tremble for if God did not spare the natural branches he will not spare you either consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God sternness to those who fell but kindness to you Provided that you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off and If they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in For God is able to graft them in again After all if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature and Contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree How much more readily will these the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree this is the word of God. Thanks be to God.
2: Thank you, Terry. By the way, I also keep uh, Pastor Bob Frank in your prayers. This week he's starting cancer treatments. And so we want to pray prayer for, for a successful series of treatments. We've been looking at the book of Romans and specifically going through each week chapter by chapter and we've come to chapter 11. Uh, chapter 11 is a passage that talks to us about the history of the nation of israel and this morning we're going to talk a little bit about religion and about the church i run across a number of people who say to me they're spiritual but they're not religious it's an interesting thing spiritual not religious and of course being somebody who works in the religious business they're looking to get a rise out of me obviously religion is good religion is the is the shell that that holds the egg or if you will it's the manger that holds the christ baby without the manger the baby would be flopping around on the floor in the mud religion is what gives us this building we worship in. Religion is what gives us this book that we learn from. Religion is what shares with us the rituals and and, and the, the actions that we do that can bring us closer to God. I grew up in a religious world. Some of you old people like me grew up in a religious world too. Remember it? We actually said the Lord's Prayer in school. How many of you remember that? We had religious release. Now, this is kind of interesting. Most of you would find this really fascinating if you're younger. On, on Mondays, they would let us out of school an hour early and bus us on public school transportation to the church so that we could get instructed in our religion. How many of you went to religious education? Yeah, they don't do that anymore. It was a, a very religious world. Everybody belonged to church that I knew we all shared a common story we saw our differences as between the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Roman Catholics and the Baptists we thought of the world in the same way I grew up in a church that was much like this one it started in the basement of the parsonage and grew to be one of the largest churches in this area. In fact, for a while, it was the fastest growing United Methodist Church in our region. We had Sunday school, and we had youth groups, and and we had Bible studies, and we had all sorts of activities and things we did. We were a very active and alive congregation with hundreds of people attending worship each week. A few months ago, my wife and I went back on a day off when we were on vacation to visit our old church and we were surprised to see that they were down to a few dozen people It had wilted away there's a lot of people think that's what's happening to the church in general the church is dying the church has lost its edge and the church is disappearing from the conversation in America And it is true that we have many different conversations we never had before. Paul talks about what he would have considered his church at the time. He says, did God reject his people by no means? I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. Paul is saying that even in the midst of what looks like God rejecting the nation of Israel for the people we call Christians, God was still drawing some people closer to him like Paul himself. The religion in and of itself doesn't have the strength it needs to drive a life. Religion is a lot like patriotism. Have you ever seen the soldiers march by and when they give the command and they salute and you go, anybody else have that feeling? I do. That's, that's what religion can often do. It can give us that, that feeling when we, when we hold those candles up on Christmas Eve, we all go, oh, it's so fun, it's so great. You don't even have to believe in anything to enjoy that moment. Religion without the baby is just an empty wooden box, an empty symbol. It's interesting that the people of God, for some reason, have a history of coming to God and then turning away from God. It's been going on for centuries. And I'd like to talk to you about a different time in the life of his of Israel when the people were turning away from God. And I want, I want to use as our illustration this morning the greatest prophet ever. That should give you a clue. He was the greatest prophet that ever walked the face of the earth. In fact, When he left, he actually took his mantle, his coat, and shared it with a young prophet. That's where we get the the term passing the mantle, all right? He actually talked to God on a mountaintop. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Nobody? Elijah. Elijah, the greatest prophet ever. And he lived in a time when it seemed that people were turning away from God. And in this very chapter of 11 of Romans, Paul talks about it. In verse 3 and 4, he says, Lord, they've killed your prophets, they've torn down your altars. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I've reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. You're not the only one. Elijah, Elijah, saying, I'm the only one left and they want to kill me now and I'm going to die. I wish, because I'll go eat worms. We feel that way sometimes. As if God has somehow taken his blessing away and the whole idea of a people of God will vanish and disappear. Because it's happened. The culture seemed to drift away from God. And Paul is not just talking about his history. He's not just talking about his people. He's sending a warning to the people who are in the church at Rome. A church that was alive and vital. Where where people were coming to hear about God and they were excited about God. And he's saying, you know, this could happen to you if you're not careful. And it could happen to us if we're not careful as well. In verse 20, it says that we can be cut off because they were broken off because of their unbelief. Broken off because of their unbelief. If, if we don't believe, if we don't continue to live for God, we could be broken off. It happened to Israel. Several times they turned away from God and God withdrew his hand of blessing. It happened for a while to the church at Rome. And God withdrew his blessing. There was a time in our history as Methodists when we were the fastest growing faith community on the face of the earth. People were coming to God all over the place. Every two days, we built a new church. Every two days. And we had people filled with the power of God, they were changing their lives. They were going from a life where they, were, where they were dependent on drugs and addictions to alcohol and gambling and brokenness all over their life. And they, they cleaned their life up, and they became so, so filled with God that they became hardworking, industrious people, and they became actually wealthy. And John Wesley said, we've got a new problem. Now the people don't need God, and they're turning away. And it could happen to us. This is a great church. We're not a church that's dying. We have a wonderful story. When I came to this congregation, the the people of this church would have fit in one of these sections comfortably. Some of you remember that day. And we grew tremendously as the power of God started to work through our people and through our congregation and transforming people. But we could become complacent. And God could withhold his blessing too. The difficulty is, is sometimes we change culture and change the world around us. And sometimes the culture starts to change us. Elijah lived in a time when the world was changing around him. There was a king named Ahab and and, and he decided to marry a princess because he thought if he married this princess he would have an alliance with another nation and they would be strong and we have any idea what the princess name was Jezebel yes Jezebel we think of Jezebel in a different way but that's from the book of Revelation Jezebel was a princess and she came from a foreign nation and brought not only the power of her nation to be an alliance with Israel but she brought 400 prophets of their religion Abbaal and encouraged the people of Israel to change their religion to mix in all sorts of beliefs that didn't fit with the faith that was revealed to them on the mountain and people started turning away from God because they were enamored by Jezebel they were afraid of Jezebel because they wanted the wealth that came from from doing what Jezebel wanted they turned from God Paul was in a time when his nation was invaded by an empire known as the Roman Empire, that brought in all kinds of other people, different religions, different ideas, different cultures, all sorts of things that mixed in. And, and the people in his time forgot about God. They were more concerned about their safety. They were, they were more concerned about how they could make a couple of dollars. They were more concerned about what the Romans thought. And so when Jesus came, they didn't listen to him. They listened to the powers that seem so powerful in their world. And today we have a world where we struggle with all sorts of ideas. All sorts of opinions and, and worldviews that I never even heard of when I was young. Concepts and and and, and, and ideas that, that can transform our world in amazing ways, but can also transform our world in very dangerous and difficult ways. And we have to decide whether we're going to be the leaven within this culture that changes and transforms or we're going to be taken over by it and transformed by it. These days, the church is in many ways struggling because it's focused on surviving. It's focused on trying to recreate yesterday. It's focused on how do we pay the bills. It's focused on how do we attract enough people sitting in the pews. It's focused on how do we get the work done. It's focused on simply existing for itself, trying to recreate the religion that I grew up on. And it's struggling. And it's not because God isn't still offering the same mercy. In verse 32 it says, God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that they may have mercy. he may have mercy on them all. It's God's intention to have mercy on everyone. He wants to show us our disobedience, our struggles, our troubles, but he does, does that, so that so that we can be drawn closer to him. The church is not going to die. In fact, in the book of Matthew in chapter 16, Jesus said, you are Peter, the rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it, nothing. Nothing can prevail against the church of God but the church can get mixed up and messed up and following the wrong trail. The church I grew up in has become so focused on the wrong things that it's it's almost faded away completely. And I don't mean one congregation. I mean the whole thing we call church. It reminds me of an old story and I've told some of you this before about a baptism that was occurring and the people in that day and age had gotten so divorced from the idea of baptism having anything to do with God that they didn't even have them in churches anymore. They had them in people's homes because it was more about the party that went with baptism. And so all the people gathered at this big, wealthy home as said, we all going to celebrate the great baptism of this little baby. They came from all over the place. There were hundreds of them. And it came time for the baptism. And, and, and the wife said to the husband, where's the baby he says oh I laid him down upstairs on the bed in the bedroom on on the right she said you mean the bedroom on the right where we've been telling everybody to put their coats and they ran up the stairs and there, piled under a pile of coats was the baby as they pulled frantically the coats away the baby was almost gone and almost died they had forgotten the very reason why they were gathered there because they were focused on other things. And so many times we can be like that and Paul is warning us in this chapter 11 not to forget who we are and whose we are just as he said to that church in Revelation at Sardis where he said the angel of the church to the angel of the church at Sardis. Right. By the way, did you know we have an angel? We've got an angel to the To the angel of the church at Pendleton. Doesn't that sound good? I like that. We got an angel. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you don't wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will have come to you. Church is asleep. Wake up! Fortunately, I didn't see anybody go like this. <laughs> Sometimes I look out, and that's what I see. <laughs> you know, I've always said I have a three head rule. If one of you nods off, I figured it was a late night last night. If two of you nod off, I assume it's a coincidence. If three, that's my sermon. Time to wrap it up. (laughs) But who cares if the church dies? Actually, nobody in this culture cares if a self-focused, self-centered organization that seems to be judgmental and is only concerned about their only existence disappears. Nobody needs a church like that. But a heart-changing, world-transforming place that introduces people to God, now that's a place that not only needs to be alive, but God himself will keep alive. Matthew chapter 17 has Jesus talking to his disciples, and these disciples... They were afraid. They fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. The touch of God. The hand of God reaching in that takes away all our fears and reminds us of what matters. What the church needs is to see no one except Jesus. Amen? Because when God touches us, everything changes. It's amazing what a touch can do. of the church is to bring people to God. If they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again, Paul says about his people. The people of God can be woken back up again. We can bring people to an amazing experience of God. I went to church when I was young, but religion didn't change me. It didn't really adjust my behaviors. In fact, I was a quite upset and angry, not very nice young man. I felt like the world had done me a disservice for no reason at all. Then one day, God actually touched my heart. You know that old song? He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and all of a sudden, the anger, the frustration, the misdirection, the confusion, melted away. It wasn't because of religion. Not that the religion was bad. Without the religion, I never would have experienced that. But religion doesn't change anyone. It's a touch of God that changes us. God made room, according to this, for people who were not even part of the faith. The Romans, the people who had nothing to do with the children of Israel, the people Elijah wouldn't even recognize, were opened up to an understanding of God. That's most of you. You weren't here. You not only don't remember the church up on the hill, you don't even remember that little church next door. Because the world was opened up to make a place for you. And not by us, but by God himself. Because the amazing thing is, is God can take people that come from anywhere, from any background, from any ideas, from any belief system, and he can graft them in to the faith story of God. I think one of the most amazing pieces of grafting we have right in front of our church has anybody ever seen this we've got this weird tree growing out there here's a picture of it if you look closely you'll realize that on the bottom it's a bush and on the top it's a tree that's right out in front of our church it shows what grafting is about it's not supposed to come out this way but we what we actually have is we have two different trees growing together We have the people who grew up in my religious world, and we have the people who are growing up in a whole different way of looking at life that have come to the same God, the same faith. Paul says that we're either sacred or we're profane. Consider, therefore, the kindness and the sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. We have a a choice to make, life or death, blessings or curses. A double-edged sword, as Hebrews describes it, where we either find the salvation of God or we turn ourselves in for condemnation. Because salvation is a gift that God gave to us. As it says in here, because of our faith, because we believe, not because of what we did, but because of what God does. Not because of how we put together a good religious experience, but because of how God touched our very souls, our very hearts. Faith powered by the Holy Spirit, the touch of God. People are impressed with power, people are very impressed with power. It's understandable. This morning, anybody hear the lightning and the thunder? Yeah, woke us up. What the heck was that? Well, it just went down, right? Elijah, the prophet, went up on a mountaintop. And he was up there complaining to God. It's
3: not fair. I'm the only one left. It's not right. It's not right. I'm going to go eat worms.
2: And God says, go stand out in front of the man. Let me show you something. And an earthquake came shook the whole mountain
3: power
2: but god wasn't in the earthquake then a whirlwind came swept up everything around it like being in the midst of a hurricane impressive as you can imagine but god wasn't in the hurricane remember what happened next and then god spoke in a still small voice And Elijah felt the presence of God. And it says he took his cloak and he covered himself because of the power he felt of God. And that's the voice that's speaking to each of us too. Don't be impressed by the earthquake. Don't be impressed by the thunder and lightning. Don't be impressed by the bluster and blow of the culture around you. Listen to that still, small voice speaking to your heart. Because God hasn't stopped speaking. We've just stopped listening. And God will speak quiet so that we have to bend in and pay attention to him. And if we do, it will change everything about our world. This is old, but I'm going to share it with you anyways. 'Twas battered and scarred, the auctioneer thought, it hardly worth a while to waste his time on the old violin. But he held it up with a smile. One of my good pe- bid good people, he cried, Who starts a bidding for me? One dollar, one dollar, do I hear two? Two dollars, who'll make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a gray-bearded man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody, pure and sweet, as sweet as the angels sing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, What now am I bid for this old violin? And he held it aloft with its bow. One thousand, one thousand, do I hear two, two thousand, who make it three? Three thousand, once, three thousand, twice going, and God said he. The audience cheered, but some of them cried. We just don't understand what changed its worth. Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. God wants to reach out and touch us. And then he wants us to reach out and touch our neighbor. And then he wants that neighbor to reach out and touch another one. And then the fire of God will spread throughout our whole world and transform and change everything. We had some people talking the other night about, should we cut down that tree in front of our church? It's kind of weird looking, you know? Maybe we should get a normal tree. You know what I'm talking about? Because we want to look like other normal churches, you know what I'm saying. Except the problem is a lot of those normal churches aren't doing so good. So I think we'll keep the old weird tree. Because the old weird tree is us. It says whether you've been religious all your life and you grew up in a world like mine, or this is something brand new to you that you've never experienced and is amazing and you just heard about it, you belong here in the place of God so that we can all experience what God wants to do in our lives. I'll tell you, I've been doing this thing for quite a while in this church, almost 30 years now. I'm not ready to give it up yet. But what I wanna do is I wanna hand you the cloak, pass you the mantle, and say, what are you going to do to reach out and touch someone else with the power of God to transform this world? Because I come from an old world and I can speak to these old people, but I need someone with the fire of God who can speak to the next generation and turn this world upside down for God, because we're still on a mission from God, amen, and we're gonna change the world if we remember to always keep that hunger for God, that fire for God alive in our hearts and in our souls. Thank you.
4: in need of grace, won't you pray a prayer of confession along with me? Lord, I am a sinner.
2: Lord, I am a sinner.
4: I've not always loved the way you would want me to. I've
2: not always loved the
4: way you want me to. I've not always lived the way you would want me to.
2: I've not always lived the way you want
4: me to. I, need your grace. I need
2: your grace. Forgive
4: my sins. Forgive
3: my sins.
4: Hold me strong. Hold me strong. That I may be holy. And live, into your and live into your holiness by your power by your, power. By your, grace. By your grace through your love, through your love. in jesus name we pray jesus name we pray amen. amen hear the good news christ died for us while we were yet sinners and this proves god's love for you and for me so in the name of jesus christ your sins are forgiven
2: In the name of Jesus Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven.
4: Glory to God. Amen. Amen. for the table where God gives us grace. Won't you greet one another in this body of Christ with the peace of the Holy Spirit?
0: we
1: Will you join me in the great thanksgiving? The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Elijah heard you, O Lord, in the gentle whisper and took on the mantle for your service. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. And blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. He opened your love to all the world. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. And he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. And again, he gave thanks to you. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Oh, pour out your Holy Spirit in us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, we are bold to pray the prayer that our Lord, Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all partake in the body of Christ together. The bread which we break is a sharing of the body of Christ. Glory be to God, our sins are forgiven. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation, shed for all of us for the forgiveness of our sins for those who are serving would you please come forward at this time eternal God we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us may we serve you with gratitude with our own mantle grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all God's people said amen Amen.
3: Days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move. Have the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing. Always only for my King Take my lips and let them be Filled with messages from me Take my silver and my gold Not a my would I withhold Take my hand. will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own, it shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour, at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for Thee.
2: The only way a church dies is if they just get caught up on the inside, on the religion. This isn't the church. You are the church. And The church isn't about what we do in here. That's just a piece of it. That's about what we take out in there. Reach out and touch somebody's
3: hand.
2: Make this world a better place, if you can. That's not a phone commercial song, as some of you younger folk think. (laughs) It's a story about how we're supposed to live out our lives. We have a whole world that God is bringing to us. A world diverse and amazing and interesting where God gives us the opportunity not just to reach into this congregation, but into this community, into this nation, and through that to the world. In ways we never could have done if we were all stuck in our own little corners where everybody thought like us, looked like us, and acted like us. God is blessing us for an amazing new adventure. Be a part of that adventure. Read out, shout, and touch someone with the love of God. You might be amazed at the earthquake you start. May God go with you and bless you and be your strength, your joy, and your courage this day and always. Amen.